Hello, Sorensen Sound. Welcome to this new episode of Coffee, Zoom Coffee Chats. And I'm your host, Karina. We are joined by a guest. Justin Ree. It's also, I will say, full oh, legal name. Yeah, that's right. Actually, no, missing the middle. But, but that's fine. But clearly, just, just don't want to hear my middle name under any circumstances. <laughs> but it just felt funny because I think with Dell, I just so I don't even know how we started it. I think that I included a bit of, like I started recording before just going into the podcast, like actual bit, and I didn't edit it at all. So now right. that I have like a formal introduction, it feels a little funny. But that's the point. We grow. We adapt. So is this going to be included in it? Or is this yeah, going to be you know that. We all know I do not edit the podcast. That, that is true. And and so I guess I also forgot my apologies that you have been very intentionally excluding like names from things. But you have yeah. both doxed Dell. I don't know if she was explicitly mentioned in the prior one. And now I have said my legal name, I suppose, or just well, about no, the entire in, in her episode, her name was said. Um, okay. And so I say this in the episode that I recorded, or no, the one that went up today, the one that's like almost three hours apparently. Um, I just do like clip that's like a bunch of like stitched clips, like the outtakes from the end of season one. Um, but I decide I mentioned this in that is that I will refer to people's names if they've been a podcast guest, but I will only refer to their names in relation to things that they mentioned, if that makes sense. Mm, right, right. Um, so that's why that way it's like their own canon within the podcast so anything you say in here if I like reference it going forward I'll say Justin but otherwise if I mention you then I will not say your name I'm not gonna say Justin Ree every time oh I'm so sorry (laughs) no it's but it's it's a beautiful opportunity to just be like a lamb you know just get a fresh slate to carve my own image in a vacuum on top of so that's I own my, my a new canon that exists within yeah. the scope of this auditory world. But I, I will say uh, while we're at it that my social security number is six five eight six six two. The way that's a start of someone's social security. That's that. Well, I, I don't know. I, I I wonder if. I mean, I'm not going to do the stat, the like odds on the random prefix and it being assigned because I also just don't know how the u.s government assigns those like do they just increment them or no there's no way they just like randomly pick numbers it has to be like a there's got to be a method to the madness it's hashing to it somehow (laughs) Uh, so my topic of conversation for today is going to be the (laughs) (laughs) did you ever do the thing where you texted like the number above you and the number below you yeah like your yeah, yeah of like your, your phone number your but your number buddies or yeah, yeah. Um, your number neighbors your <laughs> like NNs. social security identity i <laughs> 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 yeah, no, it's it's like the socially unacceptable version of texting your your number buddy is to steal the identity of, <laughs> <laughs> i mean presumably your siblings if i don't know, I don't know how they so your sibling you don't be twins that's true yeah no but i it's just you um, and your brother just like years apart <laughs> It's like, oh no, it's like how you know families reserve like plots and graveyards. You reserve like yeah. a plot of social security. Numbers. Yeah. <laughs> I it, it does make me randomly think of like there has to be of the most like prolific identity thieves in human history. You would think that 
one of them must have like inadvertently stolen the identity of and like just like taken a lot of siphoned a lot of money from like someone they actually knew like in their family or maybe even someone that they cared about but they didn't realize it because i assume that the way that you like find these like either bank accounts to steal from and stuff if, I mean, yeah, that 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 doesn't make sense. But like, I, I'm what I guess what I'm saying is like inadvertently, mentioned. though, right? Like in the in the long, or I don't know how long, but like in the history of these kinds of like white collar crimes, I'd assume that there's been some like inadvertent collateral damage, like within one's immediate social circle, which is kind of uh, I mean, not funny, but like you're like, yeah. ooh, I'm making so much money off of this some random chump on the internet, and then it's like, oh shit, that's my mom, <laughs> you know? Like I'm sure like it's happened in some <laughs> capacity, you know. Like that, like immediate karmic loop. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely. I don't know. I feel like it's that, that'd be that'd be an interesting story. Someone should make that into a little movie or something. I've honestly just heard a lot of stories. Like most stories I hear about something similar, it will be like parents using their kids' social security numbers to open up credit cards in their kids' names before, yeah, that's like so the fun. kids, yeah. like realize that they have horrible credit and just like never knew why. And then it's like their parent, and there's not really much you can do at that point either. Right, right. And yes. that, that is... Yeah, and that's what happened brutal. in the show. Shameless. Great show. Um, what's... Was it like, what's the... It follows... Uh, uh, cast members. Oh, uh, cast family, members. But... I'll look up the cast members, but it follows like a family on the south side of... Like, it's a, it's a fictional show, but like, they're called the Gallaghers on the south side of Chicago. It's kind of a like fucked up family, but at the same time, like, in a lot of ways, pretty quintessentially Chicago, I'd say. Yeah, I was about to say. I mean, I can't say it, but <laughs> um, it's Emmy Rossum, William Macy, Cameron Monaghan. Oh, Jeremy Allen White. He's in The Bear. Um, <laughs> Jaw. Um, Ethan Kutkowski, Emma Kenny, Shola Hampton, Steve Howie, Noel Fisher, Christian Isaiah, Justin Chatwin. Yeah, I don't know why I asked as though I'd be able to identify any of the cast <laughs> members of some show I've never heard of. Yeah. I don't, and I'm not good enough with like names. As much, to, yeah, as much like film and like TV show crossovers there's been recently, I just do not watch any TV shows. So I don't, yeah, like those are stupid questions we'd ask, honestly. But yeah, that's fair. But proud to say, all the quizzes say I'm Lip Gallagher for better or for worse. Not that that means anything to you, but hopefully to people on the podcast, friend, certain friends of mine, um, if you're listening, I know you love Shameless too. I'm Lip Gallagher, if I haven't said that to before, but um, what was I going to say? Oh, and then isn't there that, like, Sand- is it Sandra Bullock and, like, was her name Melissa McCarthy, the comedian? Yeah. Didn't they do, like, an identity? The one in Gilmore Girls? McCarthy and Wait, Melissa McCarthy and Channing Tatum. There's like, I'm like a Melissa McCarthy identity theft movie. Interesting. Oh, I see. It's like Channing Tatum steals the identity of Melissa McCarthy. Because no, Melissa McCarthy steals They're, they're the such like doppelgangers. Oh, it's, um, oh, what is it in English? My phone. It's called Identity Thief. It's with Melissa McCarthy. Oh, creative. And Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman. You yeah, can that's, see that's how like, I would think he that's was like Statham adjacent last name. So I'm like I'm thinking that I know him, but I don't think I know who that you, is. You I'm would if you saw him. Now. I'll show you. Um Jason Bateman. Oh yeah, Dr. Yeah. Oz. Yeah, but I that I know not Dr. Oz. Like... <laughs> Ozark. <laughs> what, what? what am I saying? No, I'm, I'm being an idiot. Um no, the guy in Ozark, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I I was just gonna say that I saw it on a plane like in and out of sleep 
but that's those two pieces of media are my understandings of an <laughs> identity theft. Um, yeah, I, I, I unfortunately can't speak to how skewed they are. Speaking yeah. of identity theft, I keep getting texts and calls like incessantly. It's just gone up in the last like few months and it just hasn't stopped. Like today, I got one, and they like knew. They're like, "Hey, do you still live in Chicago?" And I was like, "Hi, whose number is this?" Um, and they're like, "I'm. It's Mandy Lynn. Don't you remember me?" I was like, "I don't know a Mandy." So I just blocked the number because. If I know my address, they're probably like looking for some kind of like me to say like, oh, I live here, and I'm like, what? This like vaguely reminds me as well of the friend of ours who's telling us the story of like their friend being yeah. scammed by fake Chinese police <laughs> and like actually getting on the phone call and everything with them and like thinking he was in like deep shit. Yeah. Like to realize it's like probably literally someone who got some like I don't know whatever Halloween town like police officer costume and like this duped him so bad. Like he was so deep into it. And they had like a whole like ensemble of characters and everything. That they were... I mean, oh man. But I mean it is sad though because and I, I think I might have even said have said as much um, during that conversation, but like, yeah, my grandparents are like so susceptible to that kind of fraud, and you know, especially like elderly immigrants. I feel like just if they hear an American-sounding voice with yeah. like authority, they'll just assume, "Oh my God, like I'm in deep shit." The IRS wants all my money, and for some reason, they want me to send it in a sealed envelope and drop it off under a bridge. <laughs> yeah, um, but you know, so it goes. Um, okay, so that does. I don't have like a particular. So, I have okay. a quick side note. I'm yeah, so let's hear it. No, but honestly, saw... if this is all just side notes, I think that's the <laughs> So, but I saw. Remember what you're gonna say though. Um, but I saw a video of this girl, and I I stuck around because, as we know, I love mahjong. I <laughs> I like the online mahjong. I use an app. Wait, I gotta. What's it called? Like, let me see. Um, I haven't been playing a lot lately, Mahjong Lei. Um, but she was saying that she's like the she's like she's talking about like all of her friends ask her why does she play solitary mahjong like online, and she said that she used to do group mahjong, but then she found out that it was actually like a way that this like gang in Taiwan distributed money, and so the the government there contacted her and banned her from ever visiting. The More like money laundering Zhang. Am I? Yeah. Am I, am I, am I, exactly. yeah. Yeah. High five. Yeah. Um. So I have a oh. new fear, and but it's like I don't. There's no money on this app, so that is, so right. far as I know, like it's safe. But then I was like, with any, and this is the only game I play the like money on my of your time. The attention the most, economy. The most valuable currency of all. Yeah, no, that's that is my, crazy. My that is attention. Insane. Your attention specifically. I'm not gonna forget as soon as I turn the thing off. Uh, I'm like a baby, very little object permanence. That's fair. I I could have stopped you earlier in that sentence, but uh. yeah, <laughs> um boy. Well, speaking of Yonose. What were you going? Oh, okay. Yeah. High five. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 My hands always surrender. No, oh. your hands were actively high fiving. That's the beauty of the podcast being purely like auditory, lie. is I can, yeah, just make up whatever visual world for the audience that I want. I can be half the god of the non existent visual stimulus of this form of entertainment and consumption of media. So there we go. Um, no, I was going to ask on the topic of crime. <laughs> like what 
prime if you if you feel like life depended on it do you think you specifically would like excel at like if you, if you had to make a living doing yeah some with like some kind of criminal activity i'd rather ask what you think i would do and i will ponder what i think you would do uh, okay yeah sure we can do that but then that is going to require some basic amount of thought yeah but it would like <laughs> unfortunately like i think it is like probably something identity not identity theft but like that kind of scam adjacent for you i think you could definitely like manipulate and convince people to give you large sums of money <laughs> i think i could just ask them to i but the i will say i'll i'll refute that and say i think because you're good at computer stuff you would just like like run credit card numbers does that make sense like i don't know the exact terminology for that but it'd just be like you could just like make a system for it, and it'd yeah, be I think like, it's like credit card sniffing or something is like whatever they yeah. call it. Yeah, I think yeah. that I mean, that is like... more like e-, e-, e almost if you're like doing it off people's actual cards. But no, that's no, that's for sure. I do some yeah. sort of like digital. I think it would just crime. be yeah. the easiest thing for you. But like for me, and they're like, I don't know jack shit about <laughs> computer computers. So it just would be like there'd be a curve. But I think I could just go up to people and be. I could be like, I think I could talk someone into it um what's i'm saying i think you could run one of those like text scams very successfully yeah but um the thing is the thing like with the story that our friend was telling us in particular that like the i don't think i i like have said anything but literally like like how much money are these people giving to make that much effort worth it like you're you're fully like this is an acting gig at that point this is an acting gig. Like, what precautions do you have to take? Like, legal, like legally, yeah. to make sure this is fine. Like, impersonating an off- officer. Like, some of that stuff. Like, as much as I could be good at it, or it could be easy. Like, that is so much effort, and like, literally, for what reward? And it sounded kind of like an extensive process. So, it like, it's not as though it's like quick turnaround for just some amount of money, you know. Right. So, I mean, to be fair, I think the world is remarkably efficient in that way. And there are just like a shocking number of people seemingly who do that. Right. Like, I mean, we all get so many of these kinds of like scam robocalls. Like they must be succeeding at it in some capacity, you would think. That or the other very likely, at least in New York, explanation of it's just some working actor who really needs to get out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, cop character energy, I guess. <laughs> and, um, also, as like fun as this is, I'm like, I'm like, we're talking an awful lot about like big. No, I know, I know. Yeah, I don't yeah. Really want to put that out there. So like up until this point, it's fine. But I would like to move on swiftly. I don't want to be. I don't want. So for for just for for the listeners at home, it's funny that she's saying this because she's holding up a sign right now that says like I really want to talk about this a lot longer. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, we can we can move on. Um, I'm not gonna lie. Every time I hear like anything about a sign, literally just a sign. I just think about that Taylor Swift music video. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, no, Where I, she's like, that, "Hey, are you okay with your glasses?" No, that is that is the prominent yeah. mental image. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so I'm ch- changing topics, and I think it will circle back to kind of similar nearby territory. We'll be in this. We'll be back Taylor in the same Swift. zip code. But oh, please, I said crime or Taylor Swift. Oh, crime. Um, I mean, obviously, but or for me, unfortunately, you, you know, you can. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you can you can bring you can bring the tailor. I'll bring the crime. You know, I think it's a it's a good cocktail. But... It's a good thing she has plenty of songs about crime. There you go. Yeah. No body, no crime for one, featuring Haim, obviously. Yeah. Great uh, song. Classic. But, um, okay, so what? Very doesn't mean like a hard pivot to some extent. What villain 
do you like in just fiction do you relate to the most or like do you think it's like a great villain <laughs> i'd really rather not answer that okay well as the podcast guest i'm asking that question <laughs> <laughs> um so for the listeners if you don't know there's this thing called personality database which tells you like the mbti of various characters and as an intj most of them are villains or at least like morally ambiguous that is why i'm asking you this as well but yeah oh okay um <laughs> like one of the most popular intjs is like the reason i don't want to say this is because it's incriminating because of the perception of the audience um but um <laughs> It's gonna be Naruto or some shit or what's the What'd you say? I think it's gonna be Naruto or something. It is. Yep, there we go. Yep. <laughs> uh, but it's Itachi Uchiha. Um he's just like genuinely a very well written character. Man offense. Um but also like side note, I like I grew up watching Naruto. It's not like a like adult fixation kind of thing, you know? And also like let people have their hobbies. But this is more like, oh, like you child. just lost half the listeners that have the adult narrative fixation by saying that. So. <laughs> there is someone who I'm hoping will be on the podcast that has a slight that. You know who you are. I'll let them make that a part of their own canon. I, for whatever, for whatever it's worth, I have never seen a single episode of Naruto. Even though if we were walking down the street and someone had to place their bets on like a rant, like you know, a zero information prior, <laughs> it'd, be, it'd very much be me um, uh, with everything else with all the other available information. But I've literally never yeah. seen a single episode of Naruto. I could also, I also figured by the way that you were initially resistant to even go down this path that it was going to be some like weeby shit. But <laughs> well, that's the thing is like as a kid, like me and now that I've talked about the childhood episodes, like me and my brothers, like they got me to watch Naruto. And Naruto, I don't know if you know this, but they had like Pokemon kind of cards for the oh, show. No, I didn't know that. No. So like all of us and like some kids at school even like had the cards and we would like trade them and everything. Yeah. Capitalizing um, as any good franchise should, I suppose. Okay. Yeah. So it just like literally, like to me, it was like just a thing that was like whatever but i really right. liked uh sakura when i was young so she's like, sakura uh, the character yeah oh it's a character not to love you, okay so i guess to what's your villain out, you can't get out of this as an ENTP, surely you have a, many <laughs> no i don't have a great answer i mean it's also not going to be like anchor on the mbti at all but i mean the only thing that immediately comes to mind and again it's not like insanely well-written or anything but like i think silco and arcane i think that's what his name is but i think the villain in arcane is relatively like pretty well written not mm-hmm. not not if you, arcane, you, know, you the, only the saw the show? three yeah the, the okay. netflix show i got most of the way through it so. okay i think like specifically just like the way that they handled the arc towards the end i mean it's basically just like a starts out very like cliched kind of take over the city you know do whatever it takes like sort of villain and then like they do very much try to explore like a found family like father-daughter dynamic through it and then that i mean not to spoil the show i guess but that ends up becoming a source of tension as it might in a narrative crazy but i don't know i just thought it was like done decently well um but yeah nothing what part of this is is you <laughs> no it's not oh i mean i wasn't even asking i i wasn't asking you for a, a villain that like reminds you of yourself or anything i just oh. i specifically just meant like villain that you like pre like a, appreciate like, and, like that you think sense. is either well written or like i was <laughs> asking who you identified with <laughs> and you said father daughter destroying the city i was like <laughs> what <laughs> i don't think i could 
I don't, nothing comes to mind really that identify with i don't know like i mean like you know, do you have any like immediate associations i like i don't for, like, for just you genuinely yeah um i feel like entp no. villains aren't that common because they're just more like inoffensive well, and yeah. annoying as opposed to like yeah. legitimately threatening <laughs> well honestly the the first entp like quote-unquote villain that came to mind is um oh fuck, what's his name the 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 dude from death note you finch mertz no <laughs> oh death note like uh, yagami no 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 like the, the demon oh side. ryu or whatever yeah ryu, him. ryu he, or whatever it's yeah, called ryu. Okay, clearly he's i'm an not ENTP. saying that either but he's an entp i feel like that's not a villain though that's just like a he, he is really okay i mean yeah you're the one who's seen the show so i, yeah. I don't know why i'm assuming you know yeah and that like the another reason like i don't know the anime that's fine oh it's rough <laughs> <laughs> really just outing yourself i mean as far as i'm concerned this is the first step i mean as much as i listen to the other ones this is the first one i'm actively a part of so i can just pretend that you're canon as part of this podcast <laughs> this is like this all is, you fucking talk about this is, is actually who i am you just, you just bring <laughs> guests onto this show to only talk about like anime shows anime episodes that you like desperately want to discuss uh, well also like now that i can accredit childhood things this is a show uh-huh. yeah that's a safe little blanket to yeah. <laughs> my best friend callum he is the one that um maybe viewers to, know that like, she has three screens easy. behind her displaying like shows in parallel <laughs> please, please. <laughs> why do you have a body pillow behind you <laughs> is that is that a, is that a sasuke body pillow <laughs> i'm gonna kill myself you were saying Oh no! All we've done is talk about crime. <laughs> Something tells me I'm not going to be invited back onto the podcast. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> you said I said the vibe, and then you start asking these questions. I'm like, I feel like somehow you? the conversation naturally led here. I don't know what that says, but anyways, go for it. What that says is I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of this grandpa. What is that from? Is that just I like? I don't know. But do you I, know what I'm talking about that no, like audio? Doesn't land for me. No. Oh. Uh, because like they're saying they're tired of like that specific grandpa. I mean, yeah, no, it's like I'm tired of this comma grandpa. No, I know. I was just being an idiot. I'm glad. I'm glad to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Well, okay. Well, but the more the thing I actually want to discuss, as opposed to like villains that like you think are like whatever, like smaller, like hash into the same MBTI or XYZ kind of personality typing. It was more specifically. So with that, even it gave me the same villain that you discussed, even though I haven't seen the show. Like, what traits specifically of it? Like, is it just like that? It's ri- is it literally just that it's written well, or do you think there's something that makes um, compelling villains for you as someone who engages in also all forms of media? I can, I can, I will use Itachi because I do think he's like genuinely a very well written villain. Um, and because I'm just assuming you won't watch it, and I'm assuming anyone that's listening that hasn't seen Naruto won't watch or read it because it's like such a long show. It's such a commitment that it's literally like, I literally just because I like grew up watching it, I've seen a lot of it because I was like, just watch, like I watched all of Pretty Little Liars and stuff like, like long ass shows, you know? Uh, just easier when it's live at that point because I can't commit to that long of a binge of a show. Um, but anyway, so Itachi is the older brother of, of Sasuke um, and they have a clan called the Uchiha, Uchiha clan and 
basically they're like kind of like a cop family essentially within the clan and it's like fuck 12 you know um but there's also like an actual like cop academy kind of thing in with with the rest of the clan because the achihas all kind of like live together because they're like a really wealthy family that like built the town um so but he joins like the people's police if you will and he kind of had to like do double agent stuff for both of them and like acted as a liaison between like the most powerful people of both parts of the village and so Sasuke is a lot younger and all he sees is like his older brother who's so talented like absolute prodigy insanely powerful and also like the Uchiha's like the family has like a special genetic like power thing like special I chi is I think it's called like I'm gonna get this wrong but it's called like the Rasengan or something um and so they have like special powers so they're just already like elevated in terms of ability and then have he's just exceptional too so he just looks up to him and one night Tachi kills his whole family um when Sasuke is still like a little kid and that's all that you see and that's like all Sasuke sees and he's just like Atachi like leaves Sasuke like doesn't kill him but he says like something along the lines of like what's the point like you're weak like that like the, the killing you wouldn't do anything like that's kind of what he says to him when he's like sees his brother leave for the last time and then he vo- joins this group of like super villains like the strongest villains ever um, and you just go through like the whole show just thinking that he's like the shitty person and he did it to join this group of villains and Sasuke's whole thing is to like find his brother like like stuff out like prove he's strong enough and that like in a weird way like he should have also been like respected as a family member um, and you see him come into contact with Itachi like a few times and he like doesn't hold a needle to him even though he's beating Naruto's ass every time Sasuke is um because they're like they're on the same team but they like still competition whatever naruto is rejected that's a whole other thing um but basically once sasuke gets older atachi has like you find out that his the uchiha clan knew what atachi was asked to do like they knew that he was asked to kill them and like knew what was coming and like accepted it for some greater reason um so that way Sasuke because like trauma is what it kind of ignites the Rasengan so like having that much trauma makes him that much stronger in a weird way it's funky like that's not the part I agree with but it's just like um you just kind of realize he was a great big brother all along and that he like saved his brother whatever whatever this was insane it's crazy plot. they killed his family to unlock his trauma powers what a great big brother it was literally to save him it was like because i think the alternative was that they were gonna like kill sasuke kind of thing oh, interesting. but it's more better. just like specifically within the lens of like a, like almost like police state kind of thing mm. it's just interesting to have someone who's deeply morally righteous be so like have it be so counterintuitive if that makes sense and then at the end like all the revelations where you're so i just like anything where it's like you're so certain a person's in the wrong and then there's revelations where you're like where you have to question it and it's just fun for people who are so like hoity toy like it just reflects a very intj thing of like 
moral relativity. So not like actually a villain then, like like when all said and done in the series. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Is like you go through the whole like he's he's literally part of like the villain group, and the other guys in the group are villains. Some of them are fun though. Some are just like join him. It seems like he could unlock his brother's powers and save his life without having to go off and join the the capital V villains. Uh, It's because like it's not believable to some degree otherwise. Uh, like him doing it on its own, like there's too much like plausible deniability of like the greater bad that he's doing, if that makes sense. Like if it were a singular act, then it could be easier to just be like, surely something else is going on. But if you join a group of bad guys and you keep doing like bad things, even though like you don't really see him doing bad things, it's just him and his other buddy that are just like, yeah, whatever, this is boring. <laughs> uh, so. It's kind of so, but he's not like the main villain of the series. He's like one of like the villains in like a certain arc. He's one of the main villains, I would say. Yeah, there's there's other ones, but it's also like that's an interesting thing about the show. I'd say is that like because there's multiple main characters, they all have their own main villains. If that makes sense, right? As well as like the greatest threat to the village, um, and. I guess this isn't, but like Sasuke at one point like joins a different great like villain group, if that makes sense. Like he betrays the village too in his own way. Um, so like all the characters, like it's just. Ooh, but I haven't. Ten year old you must have been devastated. Deeply about it in a long time. What? Ten year old you must have been devastated. Me? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Oh, it's like I don't care about Sasuke. <laughs> 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 he looked ugly in his stupid little robe outfit, the purple. That was a bad outfit. Okay, now I will also say, Itachi drippy. drippy. Itachi was drippy. Oh. He had like painted nails and nice rings and stuff. Okay. Okay. I mean, so it was like a mirror cake. I mean, you could have just cut to the chase and said that from the beginning <laughs> in terms of why he's a bit of a villain. But no, no I can know that. Always drippy. Appreciate that. No, that is true. They, they are often more interesting. But yeah, I, I mean, obviously, only true for a very like slim narrow maybe some might argue like baser form of narrative canon but the that idea of like a villain being interesting insofar as they're like a nearby version of like the hero right or like along a very like it just used to have less information about them and i, I think it does play into the moral wealth and relativity thing that you're talking about but yeah intjs you know you guys gotta you all gotta look out for one another so yeah i will also Something I was thinking about while you're talking just then is that, like, I think in a lot of live action stuff, other than like outright superhero movies, which, as we know, I detest mind, body, and soul. Um, like, if you like it, whatever, but I hate it uh, with a passion. But um, that's more like one of the only examples of like that I can think. Obviously, there's like antagonists and things, but there's no one that I'd say in like many films that like could even like attain a cult status enough for someone to be considered a villain um i'm literally like the closest live action like film example i could personally think of is like 500 days of summer where people don't know who to villainize or it's like very divisive villainization where just you either hate joseph gordon levitt or you hate zoe deschanel um but i think that's the thing where it's like with something like anime that's why my mind like goes to those kinds of villains because it's like 
it, it's a lot easier to go into a fantastical realm if there's like a further detachment from a human form. Um, but the one like, and especially in our own lives, like the stories that we tell ourselves, whatever, like there's people that maybe we often like put the blame on or like even if that's ourselves, whatever, but I would never go, at least personally, I would never be like, oh my God, this person's a villain. But I will say, Miss Taylor Swift, there are certainly villains. They're absolutely villains. And this goes like to the iconography of like her love as well with like Joe Alwyn, as it were. Um, like Scooter Braun, that man, just holistically a villain. And especially because he he committed white collar crimes um, <laughs> and she like alludes, she like, it's all speculation, but she alludes to being the one that like gave the FBI the evidence that he was like a shitty person. And like gave is alludes to being the one that gave his wife the evidence that like he was cheating and was like a bad husband and so she could leave him and get the kids and everything. Um, and then also with like John Mayer, honestly, like man is would have could have should have. And dear John, oh my god, she's crazy. She's not like she's crazy in the good way. <laughs> like she goes crazy. She goes hard. Um. But it's one of those things where she's achieved such a like cult status of celebrity that it's removed from like an attainable humanity so much so that the people like her relationships, even for worse, are able to do what like very little live action films are capable of in making people villains other than just like cartoons, you know? Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, it's definitely you know no coincidence that both of us like our minds did immediately go to animated yeah <laughs> like, stories like to, to begin with and thinking of villains because yeah like i mean and people literally i mean the literal phrase is a cartoonish villain right like it's yeah. only that like caricaturized form that you normally see it but no it's true that when you have that degree of sheer removal from like the standard doings of like the, the day-to-day human realm you can kind of almost, like circle back to that kind of mythologized sort of yeah like and yeah, i think the way you put it with iconography is really the gist of it but yeah i guess i'm trying to think of like other i mean no and it is true and i guess like so much of like you know not like all like kind of tmz like kind of trashy gossip column talk but it is like very much exactly that right it's like using celebrity just purely as a vehicle to tell these kinds of like yeah. almost like fairy tale like villain like kind of stories of like either about like breakups or and i think that's what people gravitate to to it for it's like it is very much like it somehow like i guess i never thought about it but like that like kind of it, it does occupy a very similar sort of narrative headspace as like literally like superhero <laughs> like you know yeah. movies i think for like for, for like vastly different demographics but it's somehow like the more i think about it and i guess i never put those two forms of like quote unquote like low culture into association but like they are very very just directly neighboring um in that sense yeah. so I think it's all about just like accessibility of like value exploration of being like trying to in like homogeneously create something like a shared value of some kind to like if the news like so heavily demonizes a certain celebrity in a particular way then you're going to learn to like not value what they're doing and they'll become representational of those things and also like superhero movies funded by the government well <laughs> yeah it's a well well worn and established game. capitalist superhero yeah. sort of but it's like yeah, but... so there's always I, the, there's always I, like 
extra narrative under the filing of like this person's so bad i'm not even explain why they're bad they're just the worst and you should agree otherwise literally the whole world like the news the news thinks you're stupid so it's like i mean no, there's obviously an implicit totalitarian like just framing to any sort of superhero story but i mean that is what i mean there's like show, there's like you know things like invincible which very much are specifically designed to just yeah like just dissect that Oh, like mm-hmm. very, very uniquely but then i think um what's when you, you, when you were saying academia. that say what's up i said also my hero academia but what were you saying um but i was thinking about um like sports as well specifically is like another just kind of common area it's like kind of like another mm-hmm. part of like the set that just covers i mean especially in at least many like i mean i'm sure i just obviously have a selection bias for american professional leagues which we know I know so much about. I know <laughs> I know all the rules. <laughs> you know all the rules of basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Except I don't. But but I think like that's another area where like like just like villain arcs and like I mean and it's the same like relativity, obviously. Like there is I mean, you'd look at like Tom Brady, like Steph Curry. I mean, obviously like LeBron James during like the Miami Heat era, like just any athlete that's attained a certain degree of success and consistency in their success, like will have a massive swath of people who just like view them as like kind of like the villain in like their yeah. respective sport which it's is like, which is fun though like, in its own way because it's you know it's it's like playing into this the exact same thing right of, like that like anonymized kind of like blended non-human like crowd symbol mentality um but i mean well, i feel like sports are also just like a very clear and kind of like i would i don't know i think like slightly more innocuous arena for that kind of stuff to play out yeah but this is like the video that I mentioned to you where it's like the audio is, this is going to be a problem, isn't it? And it's someone talking about like being a kid and hearing about Tiger Woods cheating on his wife and thinking that it was going to be like a major <laughs> issue in life. Right, right. <laughs> and, like similar like Michael Phelps like drug thing. Um, And what's her name? The girl that like should have gone to the Olympics and then wasn't allowed to. Uh, they right, right. Things. Yeah, I forgot. Was her name Shikari? Or am I making that I... up? I forget, but no, I, I obviously know you're talking uh, about. Yeah, yeah that's crazy because that was like what marijuana, right? I mean, it's not even like yeah. anything. It's, I mean, that, like that it's not steroids. Saying. It's just right, like exactly. that point, like like nothing that would affect performance. That's literally just like a moralization of a drug that's like legal in a lot of places. Yeah, no I'm trying to think of like more non-obvious. No podcast. I do go. not support <laughs> drugs. <laughs> Okay, but you were saying you say that like red eyed. <laughs> Sniff like rubbing your nose every like five <laughs> seconds. It's a pity they can't see this, but um, no, I'm just trying to think of like non obvious areas where that happens. Like so, like, yeah, celebrity clearly a very standard arena for that to play out. Obviously, like film superhero stories, like a very on the nose version of that. Cartoons, but yeah, like where else do like you know those kinds of like again extremely kind of like just symbolic villain hero kind of stories play out. I'm trying to think of like, I mean, politics Mind obviously as well. Minds of an INFP or a Pisces. Please like say more. Like what is, <laughs> why, why are you calling them out like that? Why are you, why are you calling, why are you bringing my mother into this? No. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, no. <laughs> Able, because INFPs are like similar to ENFPs, but ENFPs are too like happy and like, whatever in general the, the <laughs> so podcast funny. overlord has spoken enfps are not allowed to be depressed <laughs> i say that knowing full well that most of my enfp friends suffer from depression um but they're still like outwardly so like bubbly you know um 
Yeah, so so they're fine. But INFPs are <laughs> like they similar to Pisces, which is like dictated by like a fantasy world of like people become like both worlds are so symbolically driven that like everything in life is merely a symbol for like stories and it's merely elements of play. And that's why like they can both be like such creative like markers, if you will. Um and can be so innovative and have like very unique perspectives but at the same time it means that like people aren't people they're always symbols and sometimes it's it's then like not only easier but sometimes better to make people villains for the sake of like analyzing like moral subjects that makes sense right now yeah that, that makes a lot of sense and i think it does account for like 90 percent of why my mom would get so frustrated with me <laughs> <laughs> you're the villain but, yeah, yep now but yeah, no, that oh, I just inadvertently turned off the light. Not that anyone listening to this can realize or see that. Um, yeah, um, no, that that is true. Like certain personality types, certainly more, you know, have a higher kind of instinctual proclivity for that kind of. I honestly feel like viewership of the world. I feel like that's what we're alluding to. Fs. Fs. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know if that's yeah. Really true. I, think I, think, I think I think the no, I think NF specifically has that sort of like. Yeah, I feel like that could be fair. Yeah, I feel but, like S. I think SF is like pretty reactive in a way. Yeah, so right, they would right. feel like if someone was treating them poorly, I feel like SF is more likely to be like, "Oh, it's my fault," kind of thing. Mm. Um, and NF would be like, "No, you're stupid." <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay. no, I don't. I don't have as deep on the MBTI stuff as you, so I'll defer to your judgment there. But no, I am trying to think though, like sense. So that, that's a good point. Like there are certain personalities, obviously more you know, again, inclined with that sort of, that sort of kind of understanding of the world. But yeah, I'm trying to think of like other popular types of areas. I mean, because it is in some sense like the most, it's like the archetypal narrative, right? Like good, bad, like that sort of like moral reductivism. And you would think that in anything with like sufficient popularity, especially with that like crowds are drawn to, but it's like, again, political, like sport at like a national level, like film, stories, like mythology, that some form of that is probably embedded into it if it has sustained success at any sort of like aggregate like degree of viewership. But um yeah, I mean music like you were saying with Miss Taylor. Um yeah. classically. But yeah, I do wonder what else. I'm thinking like, yeah. I, I mean think maybe that's covered most of it. I like I guess kind of quickly, I think going back to like the difficulty that like most people have and specifically like I have with live action things being something which I am able to moralize. Um, as we know, I'm a big Gilmore Girls fan and I like Rory. Like I don't like love her or anything. I love the show in general and she's a big part of like why. Um, I think she's, what is she like an ISFJ? I, yeah, I think she's an ISFJ. Um. <laughs> But so many, like, it was only after, like, so I watched the show growing up and, like, loved it, rewatched it, and I was just entirely of my own volition. There was no, like, fandom, no external group or, like, social element attached to it for me. Um, but then when I was, like, on Instagram and I eventually, like, the algorithm just, like, picked up on the fact that I liked Gilmore Girls, I found out that people hate Rory. Like, a lot of people, like, a decent amount of, like, the fandom hate her. And I, like, went through the whole show, and I just, like, that was never something, like, I obviously disagreed with her, um, 
And I was like, oh, like, that's not something I would do. And this is, like, so clearly bad for her or, like, in opposition to something that she's, like, claimed to want or, like, claimed to value. Um, But, like, anyone, I was like, oh, like, she's a person. Like, she learns from it. Every, like, in the show, like, she learns from every mistake she makes, you know? And so I was just, like, people really, like, hating her. The common critique is that so like the th- the thing I've seen people say in response to that and then like in defense of Rory Gilmore there's so many like video essays on YouTube that do really cool stuff actually um where they talk about like sociology and like misogyny as a big root of it but a common thing is like she did not let you down doing this she let herself down but the fact that you take that on as your own thing and this is why I always like warn against people who are like oh I'm an empath because to make that your identifier means that like you're gonna like you're never gonna be like genuinely interacting with the person genuinely supportive any of that so it's also almost in a way like if you do villainize live action characters I'm kind of like apprehensive of your approach and like what gives you the right almost and it's like someone says what give like you can do what you want but it's like I'd rather stay away Right. I guess, I mean, there's many specific things I'm curious about with that. And obviously I've only seen you know, the, the episodes of Gilmore Girls that we've kind of initially seen. Um, and I haven't gone to like that full like arc yet. And I know you mentioned it's in like later seasons when that reaction from the audience tends to form. But like, yeah, I, I do wonder like how much of that is just like purely like people in aggregate kind of like making a thing out of nothing. Like, or, like do you, I mean, again, I have no, none of the context. Like, do you genuinely think that'd still be like such a massive chunk of the viewership if like people weren't just like discussing that like in isolation do you think a lot of people would still hate like or, like have that strong of like an opinion like negatively about Rory as a character or is it almost one of those like like narratives and like, like participant kind of fictions that the fan base like begins to lean I don't I think there's enough people like obviously I don't have a fan account or anything I guess maybe not obviously but I don't have a fan account um, <laughs> but there's enough like things that I've observed where it's it's definitely split but -hmm. there's still like like 50 percent is still a lot of people to hate rory you know right um and the the videos definitely made me hate dean more um i didn't like dean but dean like he that man is um but anything else that has been like a popular opinion i have like nothing has swayed me um so personally like I and I don't know enough people that are like similarly that like similarly enjoy the show similarly grew up with it um I didn't watch it live also like I feel like that's obvious because it started in 99 and I was born in 2001 but I did still watch it like very young um and so I just don't I, I don't know enough to comment on if that's like organic or not but right. it does seem fairly so because some people are like, I've seen it. Like I'll read the comments and people will be like, "Oh, I thought I was the only one," kind of thing. Right. You know? I see. Okay. No, that 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 last context is helpful. And I mean, obviously, I I say this knowing your big asterisks and caveats around any sort of artistic intention, but I do think it's interesting when because it's such a common, I feel like, writers trope. And like you look at like, I mean, not to like specifically call out like things like you know BoJack Horseman and stuff, but like making like an oh like oh we're making an unlikable character likable as like a, as like being like such a central and idea i still didn't and, like, like him the writer right yeah, yeah but you know what i'm saying though. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. like a common like you know hat like our writer like writers rooms will like put on especially i think like recently it was like a trend for some reason like oh we're gonna make this like really just unlikable person like someone like yeah, but then this is something i talked about 
with I mentioned many episodes in the go in the podcast that there's someone that I just like realized I couldn't be friends with anymore, but that person has very strong opinions about stuff like that, which are interesting. Got it, right. Um, I mean, I will be curious to hear about some of that, but I do I do think it's an interesting one. And it rarely, I mean, obviously I think it's not intentional, but like, I doubt that like the people, again, and, and I understand like your, where you come from when it comes to these kinds of things, but doubt it was intended for like Rory as a character to be that disliked, even by like, by it the, was not the audience. At all. Right. And, and so she I think was it's, intended it's so to be when, yeah, a teenage kind of girl happens. going through life. Right, exactly. And, and that's and what, so, that's like the misogynistic part is they just like hate a teenage girl for like having a struggle, essentially. Right. But like, but that's on the audience side, not like in the writer. Yeah. Like how the writer yeah, no, the writer portraying it. Right. Yeah. The writer, yeah. I think, like, I think she did a great job of writing where like she's just someone like genuinely struggling to find herself. Right. And because she's an introvert, especially like she's made to parallel her mother having the same name as her, even like, and her mother is this like deeply extroverted, bubbly individual and Rory is not that because she's like a young woman going through life trying to find that confidence trying to like mimic her mother in the ways that she like wants and so people are like and it's it, I will say almost always people that hate Rory glorify Lorelai her mother to no end and I'm like her mother is like also just a person her mother makes mistakes to like big mistakes in my opinion so it is just like it is just more villainizing of a teenage girl kind of to me right like maybe in in some ways it's purely just like you can just view it as a symptom of like not like refusing in some capacity to maybe like oversimplify things like for the audience or just make it like very convenient for a lot of them but no it does sound like yeah i mean it very much is just like on the audience side and again i I say all this not having seen any of the relevant portions of it so i you know i can't really speak from a place of knowledge about any of the details but that is is always interesting. Yeah. I like that I said I'd say it quickly and then I didn't say it that quickly. <laughs> no. But I do still just feel like it's I felt like it was relevant. A little tag along. Have you had tag alongs? Sure. Yeah. Well, how would you rate rank your Girl Scout cookies? I mean, as someone who grew up in Asia, I didn't have a lot of access to those kind cookies. But you've had time to rectify that to the point where I don't know. Like, I literally cannot tell you for a second if they were Samoas or Samosas. But now I figure my brain has <laughs> my brain has done some basic work, and I've determined that they are not below the latter. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, what are the standard options again? I I just looked them up for this reason because I Perfect. only know my favorites. Um, it is Thin Mints, Samoa's, Raspberry Rally, Adventurefuls, S'mores, Tagalongs, Toffee Tastic, Dosi Dos, Lemon Ups, Trefoils. I think Dosi Dos are also pretty popular. Um, I haven't heard of like sixty percent of these. I I, I was, was a Girl Scout and I didn't yeah. know what I don't know what the fucking Adventureful is. Okay, that's good. I mean, yeah. I I mean I'm gonna say thin mints and then some of those. Yeah. That's the right answer, so it's good. Okay, a few. I mean I guess there's a reason those are the only ones that made it to Asia. <laughs> <laughs> so the good work of maritime oh, we started we started with trans- tag transport expenditure <laughs> doing its doing God's work of filtering out the unworthy cookies. But... I have a question. Did you know that Boy Scouts sell popcorn? No, what? 
they sell pop like different flavors of popcorn. That's what the Boy Scouts do instead of cookies. I say this is another thing as someone who just like grew up in Asia and like never lived in the U.S. prior to college. Like, are the fact that like eight and do all Ace Hardware stores have popcorn? Is that like a thing, or is that just Yeah. like the random? Okay, it is a thing, right? Yeah. That Dude, also, that's like what is the I deal have with to... that? Is there anywhere you've lived, has there been a version of Girl Scouts or Boy Scouts? Like, is that... I think there's something in Canada, but No, I don't know. I know. I mean, they'll literally just be like whatever, like you know, I don't know, like military dad in that country has decided to set up like a proper like Boy Scout program or a Girl Scout program in like an <laughs> ex Asian country of like the five or whatever I've lived in. But no, I'm not not that I'm aware of. I mean, I'm sure there might have been an actual like if you were in like local school or something, maybe there were those kinds of programs. I was just in that uncanny pocket of like international schools where I wouldn't have been exposed to it. So. This way, did I don't know. I want to ask you about the international school stuff, Okay, go but for it. I don't know what to. Also, what's the longest that you ever stayed at a school? Was it? I think Tokyo and Taipei are tied for five years apiece. So. Okay, that's pretty. <laughs> That's longer I've been anywhere. <laughs> That's fair. To be fair, within Taipei and Tokyo, we did move multiple, many, many times. But I mean, obviously, same school, which is the salient factor when you're a kid, I suppose. contains social life um this do you like i think it's kind of hard then in a lot of ways because it's not as though like the well two questions it sounds like grades are comparable but i'll, I'll ask both of them at once one like is there a shared like culture or was every school like very different and i think you went to like a british school and an american school at one point so i'm sure that Yeah. varies but then also like Did you interact at all with like the local schools? Because in Chicago, there's like a British school and a French school. And like we sometimes and like there was some like friend group crossover things. But is that the case at all for you? Yeah, no. So we'd always bully the French school kids, and <laughs> I mean, that's great. Rightfully not. so. <laughs> No. Um, so the weirdly, the only it was actually kind of pity sometimes. Like, so the American school in Japan did a great job of. having like exchange programs with the other kind of schools and like the actual like local schools in Tokyo. And there were other like international schools, but we ha even had like a, oh man, I forget if it was in like fifth or sixth grade, but they would do like a week or so, or like maybe it was like a day. Time dilation as a child, always a little funky, always unreliable um, in retrospect, but they had like a proper exchange program where we would go to like the Japanese school for like an, at least like an entire day. Like they would come to like our school And then they'd have a bunch of different exchanges and even like sports leagues and stuff. I think there were, it was like against other local schools, even if it was a language barrier. Whereas in, I don't know how in like Seoul that would have been done in Taipei. It was very isolated, I'd say. It was purely the international league across like, you know, Southeast Asia with, you know, um, uh, I mean, like Singapore, Malaysia, Indonesia, Thailand. Those were like the other, we primarily and exclusively dealt with international schools for like athletic and all other kinds of events, which I think is a pity though, because we were right across from a Japanese school. Um, but I think they were just like really trying to double down on like the international identity. There was a lot of like symbolic, like, oh, you have to have an American passport or something to That's attend weird. the school. It is really weird. Even though it was like all, Aren't some of your friends from Taiwan? oh, they're all from, they're always like Taiwanese. Like 90% of them have like So never do they just lived have like in dual the U.S., citizenship? They literally just have like they finesse, you know, like they popped the baby out of the oven when they, <laughs> they were in Maryland or some shit, I guess. But <laughs> I say that Speaking as someone from born experience. in Maryland. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no. Um, but 
Yeah. So that was, that was like weird. And I think to be fair, I think that was the only school that like required the American passport thing because I've all, like never heard of that. That's yeah, so but that, that was oh oh you know you know what it was it was it wasn't it didn't have the American passport but you had to have an international passport. So I think it was either like American or Canadian or something. But it's like purely symbolic because yeah I mean it was it was kind of silly. Um, that is interesting. Yeah, uh, and then Shanghai I don't remember well enough. I was too young and having anything else. Yeah. Do you have your did your was there anything like that for your brother's school? The one that they went to after I graduated, you mean? Or... Yeah. Not to my knowledge, no. Um no, I, I, it was literally I definitely just the one. No, there there definitely wasn't that kind of thing. Yeah. For the one that they went to. To be fair, well that's the other interesting thing is like Korea, like the international schools, like the quality and I, I, I this is kind of a weird thing to say. I hope, I hope none of the listeners are teachers at Korean <laughs> school specifically. I, I don't think so. Um, yeah, good. Um, hey, you never know well, where, where this thing might go. But um, like the quality of education that school is a lot lower in general just because of like the insane, it's like the long lasting effect of like the missionary influence in Korea. The all like all the biggest like international schools in Korea are like very like Christian schools, which oh. is, you know, like not not an issue in any like obviously direct capacity, but this is like and so this is something like my parents and like a lot of like their friends will talk about and like because they're also very involved in like school like board and that kind of stuff and it's always like an ongoing like tension is the school will try to prioritize hiring like christian teachers over like qualified teachers so that we'll get like a lot of like really really inexperienced people that like wouldn't even be given like the light of like the you know day like the time of day in like a traditional like hiring process but then because they're like very devout, or like very Christian or whatever, like they will still be like considered. And like a lot of these teachers, like my parents have been pretty, like, again, we've probably seen more international schools than like 99.9% of like yeah. uh, the world, just, like, at least within like Asia and by far the most like underqualified and like the, like the lowest quality of education was in like those schools in Korea, mm-hmm. um, which is like an interesting thing because you would never think that. And again, like academic system as a whole, like still like fantastic. And my brother's obviously like, you know, like everyone still yeah, goes to they're doing schools fine. yeah but um it was it's like a very noticeable temperature difference i think yeah so. that's interesting and i so like i watch a lot of youtube and i will watch like youtubers i don't know if it's like recommended to me like literally sometimes if it's like a hundred views i'll be like oh my god like i have to like i gotta support them <laughs> um but there is one girl she's she's like very popular now but i happen to see one of her videos and she goes to an international school in korea and like it's an ib program and for some reason it never clicked for me that international what is it's international baccalaureate it never occurred to me that that yeah, might yeah. be is that like a, was that a thing in like what international schools like i guess i can look this up but did any of yours like do ib oh yeah that was that, that was an attempt that was super common no, I mean, that was probably more common than AP in most cases. I mean, most, I think most, like, the, I mean, I don't want to speak for all of them, but, like, I think most of the, quote, like, big international schools in Asia do both. So you can do both AP or, you can basically do, like, AP or IB, um, primarily. Yeah. And. I, there's like negative connotations of IB, so I, I would have chosen AP. Why, what, I mean, actually, I'm curious, what's that specifically? I think in, in general, like, IB is considered a lot harder than AP, I think, usually. Um, that's that's something that like i i did ap like but i did so i talked about this briefly in the childhood episode but like i did ib in seventh and eighth grade because i went to i went so i went to an academic center in chicago at a high school that had ib 
the high school is like normal standard it was like one of the worst in chicago mm-hmm. um but its ib program was like good i guess but i was doing ib and i was like this is hard question mark i guess and like ap wasn't difficult for me either but that's just because like high school is kind of i guess high school um but and i did just go to a, a better high school after the academic center but i think it's probably just because like i tied it to like that program was in a like a pretty shitty school um so i was just like how how do they let that happen almost like how do they let what were the ib classes with four standards have like rigorous ib like you know what were the ib classes that you took i i don't know that makes a massive difference i think i mean there's like ap classes that are like absolute jokes but, and like give me yeah but i think it is also like so. i think it was more the idea of like how did they let this pretty like objectively bad school like have that pro- like how do they can they revoke that at some point the school's never I, well that's the thing it's it's no i i i think it's i'm sure there's some sort of like you know certification but i don't i think you're anchoring on the wrong thing potentially there because it's like ap where like they have to submit to like a standardized approval and like you can have the ib just can be a really like shitty ib scoring school and that will okay, just reflect that, that will reflect poorly on you and like yeah. it doesn't having the program doesn't mean you've like in any way passed like a certain okay. bar or standard. i just didn't know that that's how that worked and, and and actually I, that's the same thing with ap's as well because i know at our school because it's like an international school in asia like obviously test scores have to be like so much higher like you know um and, and all that they would basically not allow any ap classes where students weren't like averaging a five basically where like every single person yeah. in the classes wasn't getting a five like they wouldn't even like let it be taught because then it would like reflect poorly on the school as like an international school if like it was any lower than that um which is kind of silly but like because of that there would literally be uh, man, I forget what it was. I think like <laughs> AP Gov came like in and out because that's like the one subject. Where obviously, like, all the Asian kids like studying like U.S. like constitutional election yeah. would like do as well necessarily. And so like that one would like enter and exit the rotation pretty frequently. I think, um, and then obviously like AP Physics and like all those would like just be mainstays. But and and we still had like the full AP curriculum for the most part. But like just like from like out of like the more obscure, obscure like elective ish APs, I think they would like very closely monitor how students in the classes like performed and then decide whether it included the next year or not based on that which is kind of funny in my opinion I respect that uh what was I gonna say oh my god it was something I swear you might have to (laughs) what are your thoughts on education (laughs) what are my thoughts on education in America now um uh, I, I guess I'm curious, like for of the schools that you went to, there were many. Yeah, how well? Yeah, first I guess how was that? I mean, because even if you didn't necessarily like, you know, you I mean obviously what you did, obviously like move states and stuff a fair bit, but like just purely moving schools, because that's the other weird thing with the U.S. I think is like the nice thing about international schools, is, like if you're in that city kids it is very you are in this kind of revolving door of kids who move between different cities because expats will tend to like rotate between different cities within a region but if you're in that country there tends to be like a couple like really well-known established major international schools in city centers you go to like one of those couple and they're all k through 12 whereas obviously in the u.s that was always like an interesting thing for me is like you there's like magnet schools there's like high school only middle school people will like cross paths and like spread and like intertwine and like different parts throughout their like academic kind of pre-college like pre-university journey and 
like that kind of vibe is always interesting to me as well right because yeah i mean that's gotta be tough in its own way it's weird so i stayed at one high school the whole time that's literally i realized um like until slash unless i do a phd program that will be the longest i've ever been at a university um because or or, you know Mm. fuck a school sorry um because like even for university i was technically at nyu for like two and a half years um but i was at my high school for all four and the longest i'd been at a school before that was like three years maybe and then otherwise i averaged like one to two because i think i've I've gone to an absurd number of schools like i did i went to a montessori school i was in a gifted center um I went to like a private Catholic school. <laughs> I um, um, did like normal neighborhood school. Uh, I did an academic center and then I did a selective enrollment high school. But the thing is in Chicago, so I know I've heard some like I have friends from New York, like from the city in New York. And I've heard that it's like similarly crazy to get into high schools in New York, but Chicago and Chicago's the only other place that I know of where it's also like it's a battle for your high school um, because of like for various reasons. But like you said, like there are magnet schools, there is stuff like that. And I know people who did like K through eight at a magnet school to get into a better selective enrollment school. So like everything was to get into the best the most highly rated selective enrollment school that you could and for me like I was just in and out of schools for like a bunch of different reasons because a lot of Chicago education is pretty unreliable and there's a lot of like really poor funding from the government like there's no state budget so the city budget's fucked too um so it'd be like if kids in another neighborhood school like if their school shut down there'd be a sudden influx into mine and then the ref sources were bad so I my mom would prioritize my education and she would take me out and she would bring me to a different school and I am very lucky that I've just like am a pretty naturally like academically oriented individual so I could just easily test in somewhere and like just get in um and so that's why I was always able to like when my school because schools in Chicago just inevitably sink for that reason um so I would just always be able to like stay afloat essentially. <laughs> and then I got into the best um, school in the city, in the state and third best in the country. And so naturally it's like a pretty like academically elitist thing, even though in Chicago, there's like three criteria for your score out of 900, at least when I did it, it's like 300 where your was your GPA in seventh and eighth grade. And then your ISAT scores, Illinois, standardized assessment whatever um and then an entrance exam and I had like an 890 out of 900 or something um but they literally have like test prep for that exam like seventh and eighth graders are going to like test prep to get into high school (laughs) um I have to plug in my computer and then in high school so they do have like I'm going to try and explain. So there's four tiers in Chicago of like neighborhoods and it's based on income. So it's like if you are in a tier with a lower income and the thing is like it could literally be across the street is like I knew people that were like they were in tier four, but across the street was tier two. It was like that specific of an income breakdown um, because I wanted to give kids who like went to the schools that were so severely underfunded, like a fair chance at a better education. 
um even though sometimes that unfortunately meant like my school was like pretty inaccessible it was on like the far north side of chicago and i lived on the northwest side so i had like had carpools i had different means of getting to school before i got my license and had my car which again like so like there's so many kids that i'm sure couldn't they like, got accepted in my school and couldn't go because it was just too it would be like literally two hours from the south side i'm trying to talk fast i'm so sorry <laughs> um but there's also kids that like you said where they would like game it with a passport to get in tears or like do something like that i knew people that would buy an apartment in like a, the lowest tier so that way they didn't have to score as high to get into better high schools i know people that from the suburbs that bought apartments just in the city and they got caught and got kicked out of school because it was found out that they didn't actually live in the city and they just bought a place there um and so that was it was literally it was kind of funny it was kind of messed up but like throughout high school you'd be like oh my god where did this person go they like disappeared and someone would tell you that like they were followed home and then then the, the people cps real chicago public schools realized that they didn't live in the city and then they were like really poorly they were, like, acronym but... yeah i know it's it's brutal every time i just have to say it um but then they literally knock on the door and be like you don't live in chicago like what are you, like you're not going to school tomorrow and then they would immediately just have to enroll in whatever neighborhood high school they had in the suburbs um, and for luckily, most of them, that was a good school still. But it's a crazy world in Chicago for education. Yeah, no, that is crazy. I think it's, I mean, specifically, you hear about the stuff that people have to do again. They're even like kindergartens now, pre-kindergartens. The parents have to like somehow demonstrate that they're <laughs> two-year-old sucking their toes. And it's like, you know, going to be like a better person to admit than, you know, XYZ other three-year-old trying to find their thumb, you know on their hand but i yeah i mean i, I don't know how it's i mean because that's that's been that's been changing so rapidly and now even college acceptance rates stupidly low i mean even since in the four years since like we've been going to college it's probably plummeted to like 30 percent and even like the most competitive schools like you look at like even like divey or like northeast like top schools it's all they've all gone down by i think i mean some of them are approaching now like 50 percent declines of the acceptance rate which is insane when you consider how competitive they already are to get into especially globally and yeah i mean it just really makes you wonder what like the downstream effects of it are going to be and yeah i mean i'm not looking forward to having to you know if i ever have something to get like kids into a little kindergarten or something and like <laughs> just bend over backwards as a parent to demonstrate that like please accept my accept this little nub of flesh <laughs> your montessori program it's just gonna be <laughs> absolutely it's, it's gonna be brutal um but yeah i you know it's always interesting to see how these things evolve um, yeah. mm. i want to ask a question but i don't i have vision this is another learning curve with zoom is that you can pause on the microphone app <laughs> You mean, you mean a learning curve having to interact with another human being in real time <laughs> i'm an intj let me live <laughs> yeah. but i know that northeastern i only recently found this out but um they they've since like fallen a little bit in the like world rankings to like i think like 44 when they before were like 20 something um, but I only recently found out that they used to just be like a mid 
school in a lot of ways, but they've like gamed the US world ranking. And I think a lot of universities have like gamed the ranking systems. So that way they're seen as more prestigious. So then they're able to like lower acceptance rates and then like somewhat genuinely better themselves, which is kind of like another strange concept of like just viewership being able to like do that for you. Um, but then like NYU did something similar organically over a longer period of time because Northeastern did that only in like the last, what, like 15, 20 years. Um, but NYU just in general kind of goes with like the city's identity because in like the 70s and 80s, like New York was a like a dangerous place in a lot of ways, like very unsafe for most people. Um, and like as the city's reputation improved, like the university also did. And they were able to like become like almost organically rise to the rank that Northeastern did. Cause there was a few years where I think NYU and Northeastern were like even like both like 25th or something. Um, and then it's just interesting how like the one that like gamed it and the one that was like more organically like, kind of like grew with the city, grew with its people, grew with like the culture in a large way, like has stayed where it is. The other one fell. Um, but so I've like, I've only had experience with like universities that like ride the wave of notoriety. <laughs> I mean, yeah, just on location being a longer term kind of staying factor. I mean, look at like Stanford, right? Which certainly was, you know, like a no name university, right? I mean, yeah. open on the West Coast, Jane Stanford. And I mean, well, don't know as much about Leland Stanford, Jane Stanford, certainly not the best reputation or not, certainly not taking like intellectually very seriously by even like probably the writing their president at the time and dsj and like the other person they had there but like location right i mean <laughs> yeah. go to like a really good like eventually like a really good school in sunny california and that so i mean not single-handedly and i certainly don't purport to know nearly any of the relevant details of like the history of that school beyond the few spec facts i spat out but yeah, I mean, like, that absolutely makes a difference. Like you said, like, New York, I mean, people, like, how quickly the kind of, like, the, you know, our memory, like, fades of, like, yeah, New York being not a great city, right? And, like, yeah. as much as Rudy Giuliani is, like, now a clown, like, that was his, like, claim to fame, right? And, like, yeah. he was, like, just so massively loved by the city for a long time because he, like, quote-unquote, like, cleaned up, you know, the streets, yeah. et cetera, all the negative kind of underbelly of that aside. And, yeah, I, I'm trying to, like, other... I did think of a question. I thought this is me finding my way to the question. So with like, you went to a school that's like just been prestigious for a long time. And with schools like any Ivy League, or even if you go back to like Oxford, Cambridge, like Exeter, St. Andrews, these are all like in like in the US, like Yale, Princeton, it's like the university like is the main thing in the town. So you kind of are always surrounded then in place with like an academic minded environment, just innately like catering itself to a university. But yours wasn't, yours isn't like, is kind of the exception, like even like Cornell is just like, I mean, the only other thing in Ithaca is like other colleges. Um, So it's just interesting how like much success can be founded when it's just like, you got school and that's all you got to focus on. And that's like a cool thing I like about NYU and like I don't know if you how how do you feel about both of those elements and how they collide for you 
Oh, we'll pull the question out at the end there. I was, I was trying. <laughs> I didn't know how to. I thought the phrasing would come. Another time, but yeah, no, that, yeah, <laughs> I like to give you ideas and like have you. <laughs> the the say landing something. was stuck. It was asked in a vaguely interrogative form at the end. Good job. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean it, it's true. So I mean, Penn first of all, obviously, is very. I mean, a pre-professional, and I think at this point, like, yeah, Penn is not Harvard. It's not Princeton. It doesn't have anything, but yeah. you know, Yale's academic like But still, I it's, mean. it doubles down on its pre-professional. But it's like it is like the most professional school. It has like whatever, like the most billionaires, Wharton Hospital, like all that kind of stuff. And so it just very much owns that identity. I think, which is almost in some sense why it makes a lot of sense that it's like a city school in that way because. It is about like the hospital. It's like the best children's hospital, right? And like obviously like Penn Med, also very good, like dental, I guess, like really good the nursing school there. Um obviously Wharton as well. And so whereas like I think like Columbia is like an interesting case where it gets like in the city, but it's also very much trying to still be like an insular, like academically oriented environment, which is maybe why it ends up being in like a interesting and i, I know you and all they do is no, we don't need to go into <laughs> we don't need to go into your specific like, columbia hate right now but that's not even my uh, specific that's just them yeah, no, I, yeah, I know well that's that's like yeah right i mean penn certainly has its own you know hefty yeah. west west philly gentrification northeastern northeastern doesn't yeah. pay taxes that's crazy but yeah um yeah but no I, I think that's why like for penn like the identity does specifically make a lot of sense and no, I mean, that's part of why I loved it there is like you very much don't feel like you're in like a isolated or insulated campus as much of that part of the city does, though, like very much implicitly exist like for around because of Penn and all these things like it, yeah. that's a, that, it's another city, though, where like I think <laughs> semi jokingly, but had a few family friends who before I went, they're like, oh, I went to use Penn in like 1980s, like watch out for the McDonald's there. We used to call that McDeath because like two guys got stabbed and like died while we were there. And I was like, oh, but like now you go there and they've obviously bought like, like past like three miles past that, you know, initial area and like a, like the entire like radius. And so- there's a university to real estate company pipeline. Yeah, exactly. And because of that, like, it's just radically different, but obviously also the city's like changed and like transformed like gradually as well. Um, Certainly not as much as New York probably, but um. Yeah, so that that's what's interesting. Um, but no, I mean, honestly, not much to say there specifically beyond that. This might be like, this is just something I'm interested in. But you don't talk about the city often. Like, do you ever like miss it? Do you ever want to go visit? Like, just what? Like, how do you relate to it? And how do you feel like similar? I guess maybe to your international school experiences, where maybe it wasn't always like integrated with the people that live in the city. Do you did you also similarly feel that disconnect in university? And like, is that something that's difficult for you? Or is it something that like, you like don't notice? I think you I mean, yeah, for me, at least I'm not the kind of person who like tends to notice that I think, in retrospect, for sure. I mean, it's like the stereotypical, like as a senior, or whatever, you wish you explored the city more like I feel that in some capacity, I think, more than that, I mean, to be fair, I did spend like summers in Philly and stuff when we were working on things. And I mean, during peak COVID, I was there for three months, so I do have that negative association to a certain extent. But no, I mean, no, it's, it's an awesome city, honestly, and I definitely appreciate it more now. I think like one thing I particularly miss is in, like that graduate hospital area across the river, but still like close to the university. A lot of really nice like townhouses and stuff, and like, or not even townhouses. It's just like apartment not, they're not quite apartments but like really thin but like kind of walk-ups but they're not like attached to one another side by side as, as they are in like new york and like any denser city there's a lot of space around them so it's like kind of low two-story units but 
really really nice and honestly i think it is kind of it's like it is a very particular kind of building that yeah like i do miss and but i guess that's not as much like the city itself and yeah i don't know i mean there are like very specific places i do miss a lot there's like a really great theater by the riverside um nice ice skating rink and stuff like that maybe a few bars here and there but I don't know. I feel like Penn, you do saw that river separating you from the city. And like literally the mega bus into New York is cheaper than like the Uber into downtown. So, so yeah, yeah. Especially book it ahead of time enough. But um so because of that, I don't think like yeah, people very much stay on campus. Penn's also like a very like Greek life oriented, like fratty school. And so is it? Like, oh, that's gross. Oh, it is. It's like it's it's that's like by, probably of all the Ivies is like by far the most like you know, Dartmouth? Greek life. Okay, not a well no, Dartmouth isn't an oh is it? Oh it isn't <laughs> Don't don't tell anyone in Dartmouth I said that. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling my uncle right now. No, <laughs> I was like, I always forget Dartmouth. like which of Dartmouth and Duke are supposed to be. In the <laughs> um, I mean, then again, we get mixed up with Penn State, so who might be saying anything? But yeah, I, I you know, it is girl. like a hugely. I, I saw a video of a girl that got a full ride to Penn State, and then she showed up and realized it wasn't you, Penn. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> incredible. Um, I mean, hopefully she had a lot more fun, at least, but no. Um, yeah, no, it's a very, very uh, Greek life oriented school. Um, so that's there's rough. that. So what do you do, like, socially? Like, you weren't a part of Greek life, so what is, like, how do you... A lot of my friends were, and it's so, like, you still go to Think Buddy Association, or it's a lot of, like, business practice, because well, of Wharton, especially. Like, like yeah. half the school is, like, in, like, a, either, like, a fraternity or, like, a business frat. Like, the business frats are really big there as well, so that's, like, a, that's a big thing. But I don't know. I mean, off obviously people just like by the time you're a junior senior like you have your own off-campus stuff right like everyone has like a place off campus like the host like house yeah. and stuff like that's standard fare so oh, i just get flashbacks to like northeastern we had something called frat row on like mission hill i think yeah. a lot of schools have a frat row but ours are just on mission our think- frat row is like literally the main walk that goes to the entire university and then that's- like has all the university buildings on it as well so yeah. it's it's an interesting but yeah Ours was off campus and it was all just like the frat would have a house kind of thing. But it was like they had all the house, all the frat, all the Greek like had like all the houses on just like a street in Boston. Hmm. Um, I went to like my freshman year, one of the first weeks I went to like some parties there. I went into the basement. My phone camera fogged over as soon as I stepped down those stairs. I was like, this is disgusting. There is a sculpture. It is a room full of mostly white people, as it is Northeastern, even though school is a third international students, which is kind of cool. Um, and at, at any given point, I think like a quarter of I could I know too many statistics about too many things. I'm going to shut up. Um, but it's just like mostly white people. The whole room sings the N word. I just left and I was like, I'm just never going to another frat party again. And so I never did. And I live by that. That's fair. No, I, I respect and admire that. I yeah, it is the, as you say that it is it does blow my mind because it's just it's just an accepted fact that like on Locust Walk, which is again is like the main street going through the university, like all oh, that's where like all like the big frats are. When I think about that more now, like with like you know a couple four or whatever years of removal almost now, it's insane. Like the real estate that they have is literally like the best on the campus. Like it's literally like next to like the Wharton building, like Huntsman, it'll just be frat houses and stuff. Like on the main strip of like yeah, like all the professors and everyone has to walk by like every day, you know. Like, but any like frat or sorority, it'll be like Thai Kappa Delta Incorporated. Like that, like it's all 
like they're genuinely businesses, like national businesses. And right, those right. Businesses. I mean, they're franchises. And that's basically. so it's crazy. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, also, shout out. Uh, I had friends at Northwestern, and Northwestern like is dismant has been dismantling Greek life over the past few years, and I think like and they there's a lot of like Instagram accounts dedicated to this that explain like holistic issues with Greek life as a concept like, so beautifully well, and so I'm just, just noting my support of dismantling Greek life, and I just like, yeah, yeah, I feel like that's been a really big thing at. I know like Harvard's been doing that for a while as well. Like yeah. everyone else like off campus basically and like ra radically trying to like reduce the presence of, of those kinds of things and in the yeah. school. And I think a bunch of like, I mean, I, I imagine a ton of schools now are beginning to do that it's, a lot more. Yeah. I mean, it's I think especially in like, I feel like there was like that couple year span where like every couple months there'd be like some fact that like I like haste to death or something. And, but it seemed like it was like a spike of them for some reason. I don't yeah. know. In particular, in like, I don't know what the timing is, like 2017, 2018, whatever it might have been. Mm -hmm. And I think because of that, honestly, like the campus is like rightly understood, like the reputational liability and like there's like legal repercussions to have to deal with as a school because of that kind of stuff is like way beyond what they obviously want to have to engage with. So and then, I don't know. I imagine they're protecting pockets, but you know, yeah. in this case, maybe for a good cause. We'll see. Yeah. But then like what you said, where it's just like, like at your school, you had to just like rely on greek life like in the at the beginning or it's like you would still go you would still participate oh yeah Fresh, freshman year i'd say freshman year sophomore year like or first half sophomore year like you you literally it's hard, yeah because even if yeah it's hard to find like anyone and you like have to, if you want to have friends even if you aren't a part of it you like have right. to go and i was like i'm just not doing that <laughs> i knew so many people who rushed with no intent ever of like getting in or like, yeah. like actually joining any form just of like sorority or greek life but literally just to yeah like literally just to meet the people and it's so sad that it's like it's literally like a weird social monopoly and their businesses yeah and right like, right with right. such dark histories and right. it's absurd no it is crazy yeah no, absolutely well, all i'm saying is the yeah. villains were the greek life all along there we go uh, that's, there a, that's we a good go. way to I a bow on the delightful thematic subject matter of this podcast. <laughs> and that's it. This is long. <laughs> you got any final, any words of wisdom, any parting thoughts? Any parting thoughts? I wish I knew like the so the motto of some like fraternity or sorority. So I could just like rattle that off right now. Like a, oh. I don't know. Yeah. I'm the wrong person. No, no, nothing besides that, I guess. Yeah. If you if you had to make your own little fake Greek life organization, what combination of fun letters would you would you use in honor of the dying tradition, just to to pay your respects? Why would I pay my respects? I know you you, you would never. This is one of those things like where I'm the... just a feisty little guy that's like so bound by my values. Where I'm like, you won't even make a little jokey jokey thing about it. That's fair. My mom was in a sorority, and I'm like, ooh, that's crazy. But she also did it because, like, she went to, like, a small, like, religious school that it was literally just Greek life. Um, so, uh, always an excuse, right? Um, that's what I have to do to reconcile it for her. Yeah. <laughs> All the hermeneutic labor you're engaging in. Yeah. What would you do? How about that? What would I do? Yeah. And... I don't know, the letters evade me. I'm also trying to just do things like my own initials, but it isn't particularly falling for me right now. 
I don't think there is a J. What is the what's the J? I don't think there is one, is there? I'm probably just blanking. Uh, I don't think so. I've just been replacing all of like the letters that I know, like Delta. You could say like Jelta. <laughs> sounds so cursed. Sounds like some sort of like congealed bodily fluid. It does but, sound my mind went congealed as well. well. Jelly is probably the reason. Yeah. Oh, oh who would have thought? But anyways. <laughs> I'll fight you. It's fine. Yeah. For the viewers at home, or I guess listeners, there are there are fists being flung my way on the, yeah. on the screen. Yeah. I'm unstoppable. I watch too many rugby highlight reels. <laughs> not that they throw fins but you know it's like a, i think that belongs to like a linkedin resume or like that should be like just the <laughs> opening line of any interview you ever take. watch too many rugby videos i'm unstoppable you just barrel through the interviewer whoever they are it's gonna be some like frail 60 year old like five two lady and you're just gonna fucking like <laughs> crush her into the floor Honestly, biggest regret is one of the. I'm not gonna name companies because it's I'm not gonna do that. But with like one of the long interview processes that I had in the fall, like one of the first interviews, I so regret the fact that I didn't add my interviewer on LinkedIn because we literally just had like a great chat about symbolism for like an hour. You should still add them. I feel like it's not too late. I feel like the statute of limitations on that is like a year. I, I also I'd just like literally shame. don't. I could maybe find it on Handshake, but I just also like literally don't remember his name. I might have it written down somewhere, but I have so many journals. I don't. What's the point of having letterboxed? I don't know names. It's okay. I know that he likes cooking and golf, but that's that all. should allow you to narrow it down to a, a very the professionals very on LinkedIn. Yeah. yeah. Cooking and golf. <laughs> Okay. Well, it's past this this little boy's bedtime, I think. Buenas noches, señor. Danke. Good night. Sleep well. Even if it's the morning, go take a nap. Right? And you gotta say your traditional sign-off for the sorts of Love beams. <laughs> love beams. Oh yeah, right. It's love beams now. I forgot that it, it was changed. I mean, my, my official transition season to season two. I like it. Season I three, we, keep the love beams, but we'll see what else changes. And I know you just did the love beams, but I feel like as the guest, I'm going to take the rights to final love beams. Okay. Okay. You didn't do a hand motion, though, so you got to redo it. No, I, I, oh, I haven't done Relax. I haven't done oh. it yet. Jeez. And it's like, look, for as far as the listeners at home are concerned, I've been doing those hand motions the entire fucking episode. So now um, I am also very congested because I have seasonal allergies, but. Thank you, dear listeners of Sorensen Sound. And this is from Justin and Karina for today. Love beans. <laughs>